You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Uptown Square Media Station. WTUG HD2 Northport. W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Friday morning. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports. On your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. What a big week. You can kill so many birds with just one stone this week at Peterbrook Chocolatier. You got Teacher Appreciation Week. You got Nurses Appreciation Week. And, of course, you've got Mother's Day on Sunday. So get by there. Knock it all out. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60-minute of Sports Talk Radio. Is there a sense of emptiness for you going into this weekend, Jacob, after so much lead-up into the last weekend in the NFL draft and just NFL football talk in general? Uh, Is it a bit of a letdown for you this weekend, Jacob? No, I think I think I'm just going to take advantage of the opportunity to get some rest in. To be honest, there you go. Recharge. <laughs> the start of a long off season. Rejuvenate. Uh, maybe get a couple of minor procedures performed after the wear and tear of the draft season. You know, and get ready for the run up to the 2021 football season. Certainly, college football a big part of that as well. We're going to talk a lot of college football on the program. We tend to do that here on Southern Fried Sports. You're welcome to do it with us. At 205-342-9904, that is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board again, welcome, one and all. We're going to talk with Charlie Potter, my colleague there, at BamaOnline.com, coming up in our very next segment. A lot of things to get into with Charlie. Been some newsy items in relation to Alabama football the last couple of days. Transfer portal, stay hot. The transfer portal definitely stays hot, and that's the case once again on Thursday as we learn redshirt sophomore cornerback Brandon Turnage now looking to explore opportunities elsewhere. This on the heels of another corner a couple of weeks ago. Almost immediately after A-Day, you heard from Ronald Williams, the junior college transfer from a year ago. He, too, looking to make a jump. So we've talked about the numbers. We've talked about the competition at a myriad of positions on this Alabama football team. So not surprising. And I'll tell you what, Brandon Turnage can play. Brandon Turnage will help somebody in 2021 at the Power 5 level, too. I think he's got that type of ability. He was sort of buried in Tuscaloosa. Even with Patrick Sertan the second moving on, you still bring back a starter in Josh Job. Jalen Armour Davis was especially impressive throughout spring practice. Jaquincy McKinstry enters the mix. Marcus Banks expected to be back to full health for fall camp. 
you know, that's four corners right there before you got to really Ronald Williams and also Brandon Turnage. So a position of depth, you got a couple of guys coming in in the summer and Devontae Smith out of the Cincinnati, Ohio area. You've got Kadarius Callaway coming over from Mississippi, Philadelphia, Mississippi, hometown of Marcus Dupree, to be exact, who anticipates that he might even play some corner. Terry and Arnold, who is listed, I believe, in the uh, recruiting profiles as a safety, he can play corner. So you've got versatility with so many of these guys these days. And when you look at corner and what it typically feeds into at programs like Alabama, even with as much nickel and dime as defenses are playing these days, at Alabama, there's the luxury of having a couple of guys in Brian Branch and Malachi Moore who are essentially specialists. They're safeties by trade. We've talked about it before on the program. But with the current situation that Alabama has at safety – DeMarco Ellum's back. You've got Daniel Wright back. Obviously, Jordan Battle, a starter to go along with Ellum's in the base defense. Uh, You've got the kind of numbers at both safety and corner where you can take guys like Malachi Moore and Brian Branch and say, look, just focus on star, focus on money. And that's where we're going to really utilize you the most. So that's the situation right now that guys like Brandon Turnage and Ronald Williams found themselves dealing with. And again, I think both Williams and Turnage at the power five level will help somebody during the upcoming season. I probably, if I were a school in the market for one or one of those two guys, I'd probably try to take both if I could. Uh, but if I were going to pick one, I probably go with Turnage Because with the free year last season, he still has, theoretically, he has four years of eligibility remaining. So you're still getting what is basically a redshirt freshman from the Alabama program that has had two years under the tutelage of Nick Saban and that defensive staff. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. You also had Nick Saban in South Alabama last night. Looked like Nick was pretty much humored, wasn't he? When he was asked about Jimbo Fisher's comments to the Houston Touchdown Club, where emphatically, Jimbo, okay, maybe tongue-in-cheek just a little bit, uh, went to the extent of saying not only would Texas A&M win a game against a Nick Saban-coached Alabama team, Texas A&M would beat Nick Saban's ass, he said, to that booster club. And so Nick, Nick, when presented with that last night at a charity event down in South Alabama, you know, Nick's kind of reached a point in his career where he just kind of laughs stuff off, you know, doesn't even raise his eyebrows. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting last night to see, uh, to see Nick's response to that. Like, oh, is, is he talking about golf? Beautiful. <laughs> That's where Nick Saban is at this point. I guess when you've won seven national titles and you've yet to lose to one of your uh, one of your disciples, you can you can have that kind of fun with it. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. I'll say this though. You know, it's something that you sort of laugh off in early to mid-May. But, again, with the wording that was used by Jimbo Fisher, don't think when early October rolls around and that much-anticipated road trip to College Station starts to show up that you're not going to hear that or hear the talk about that every day in the lead-up to that game against Texas A&M. And Alabama fans certainly have that uh, in their in their back pocket as well, Ed Orgeron style from a year ago. If A and M loses yet again to Alabama, the Alabama fans are going to come with the big hammer on that statement from Jimbo Fisher. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now at two zero five. 
342-9904. Check in with Tom on a Friday. Tom, how you doing? Travis, how are you? I'm great, sir. How are you? I'm great today because Peter Brook saved me and made me a hero. Yeah, well, we're <clears throat> proud of you, Tom. Thank you so much for doing that. And they I will am, do that over I there. Can, they, will, they will make you look like good, Tom. Peacock, like Jacob did after the draft. <laughs> oh gosh! I strutted Just, this morning because I am. <clears throat> listen to me carefully, the hero. <clears throat> How are you doing, Travis? You're like I'm great. You're like me. You like to go to one place, knock it out, and not only knock it out, but you look like uh, you look like Superman in the process. You know, Check this so out. it's a good I, thing. I don't want anybody to get mad at me for this being an infomercial, okay? All right. But but I do gifts like one shows up Wednesday, one shows up Thursday, then one shows up Friday, Saturday, and then the wow. big one on Sunday, right? Wow, absolutely. And so I called Peter Brook. I said, I really need you to ship me. <laughs> and they did it, <laughs> and they did right on time. <laughs> nice. Well, we're glad to hear that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit saying anything because I know that's okay. Right. You sure? Yeah. What else? No, you're good. What else you got for us? I got. I need to send Jimbo a message via your show. <laughs> Go ahead, Jimbo. You're dealing with a bunch of elephants over here in West Alabama. We don't forget. And then my second yeah. message is this, dear Jimbo. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words, words will never beat Bama's ass. (laughs) See you, Travis. All right, Tom. There he goes. You know, and look, I'm not going to put too much into that statement, into those comments from Jimbo, but Nick Saban loves it, man. You don't think Nick Saban, he loves to hear stuff like that. Probably as much as anything because it just sort of reaffirms that uh, how rent-free Nick Saban in Alabama lives in some of these guys' heads these days and how much the emphasis, how much the focus is on Alabama. And you know what happens a lot of times when you do that, by the way? Uh Uh-oh, two weeks before the visit from Bama, what happens? Somebody sneaks up on you. And then what happens a lot of times the very next week, a team gets all built up for Alabama and it doesn't go as hoped. What happens that next week? How many times has Nick Saban coached Alabama beaten teams twice? Now, I'll give Jimbo credit for that in 2020. Came into Tuscaloosa early and got smoked by 28, but held it together, got that big win over Florida, and showed some bounce back, showed some resiliency. More often than not, though, that's not the case. Too many times opponents of Alabama roll into that next week or two, and it turns into a couple of L's. And that's where A&M has to be careful, too with all of this in the lead up. And I'll say it again. Here's the thing for Alabama, too, as much as that game's going to be talked about. I I think that road trip to Florida on September the 18th has potential to be at least very interesting because I don't think there's any way Florida defensively is going to be as bad as that Florida defense we saw last year. They returned Ventrell Miller at the middle linebacker position. Kyra Elam expected to be one of the better cornerbacks in all of college football. They've got to improve some things in that secondary at the safety position. You're going to have some adept edge pass rush with Cox back. You got a couple of grad transfers on that defensive line. I think that could be a very interesting trip for Alabama on September the 18th. Yes, you will have seen Miami in the season opener in Atlanta. So you will have given Bryce Young that opportunity to get his feet wet, at least in a neutral site environment, against a Power 5 opponent. Uh, But that road trip 
to Gainesville, where I see on the secondary ticket market right now tickets for Alabama, Florida in Gainesville on the secondary market somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred bucks right now. We'll see as that gets closer. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Had a tough day for Alabama athletics and the university, and certainly Alabama softball yesterday. With the passing of Ann Rhodes, we talk about Peterbrook Chocolates here. Miss Rhodes was a loyal customer over there at Peterbrook. So I know the chocolate lady, when I formed her yesterday, of the passing of Miss Rhodes, she was, she was pretty upset to learn of that. Of course, Ann Rhodes and her late husband, John, they had their names on the stadium there for Alabama softball. John, D. John and Ann Rhodes Stadium. Uh, very fitting that Alabama would go out last night and blank Ole Miss eight to nothing. Another Ocho run run rule job for Patrick Murphy's team. Eight straight win for Alabama. Now forty and seven overall and sixteen and six in the Southeastern Conference. Montana Fouts with a two hit shutout. Eight Ks, only eight Ks because she only pitched five innings. She was headed for double-digit strikeouts again. Just got cut short by the five innings. Montana Fouts now 18-3 and three on the season with a 1.67 ERA. And we've talked about here in the last week or so getting production throughout the lineup. Every Alabama starter had a hit in the game last night. Savannah Woodard with three RBI. Game two tonight there at the Rhodes House, 6 o'clock. And the finale with Ole Miss tomorrow at 11 a.m. That game, by the way, will air on the SEC network. Got some pretty big baseball taking place up in Nashville this weekend as well. Alabama on the road taking on a Vanderbilt team that right now is tied with Tennessee atop the SEC standings. Um, or the SEC East for sure. Yeah. And so uh, a real challenge for the 11 and 10 in the SEC Alabama baseball team. Speaking of baseball, I'll have to ask Charlie Potter about his bipolar Braves. What about the Braves, man? Up and down. Get swept by the Blue Jays. Stay on the road. Sweep the Nationals. It's Atlanta Braves baseball in 2021 to this point. Had some heartbreaking news from uh, Huntsville this morning as it relates to high school sports. The Northridge girls soccer team was up two to one in a Class 6A state final, state semifinal match against St. Paul's of Mobile. Two to one lead, 20 minutes to go in the match, and St. Paul scores two goals, including one, the game winner, with 26 seconds left, and our Northridge girls soccer team this morning falls in the 6A state semifinals 3-2. to Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk with Charlie Potter, my colleague there, with BamaOnline.com. We'll get his thoughts on the Brandon Turnage news, which he confirmed for us there at Bama Online yesterday. We'll talk some Alabama football in general. We'll have a lot of fun with Charlie Potter. When Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, returns right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful day, a sunny afternoon, the high 71. Clear and cool tonight, the low 49. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 77. Sunday, partly sunny during the day. Then showers and thunderstorms arrive Sunday night. Sunday's high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. So I went out on the uh, old morning walk 
this AM and uh, hadn't seen one of these in a while. An ice cream truck, an ice cream man, and an actual ice cream truck. Like he was setting up right across the street from an elementary school. Talking about knowing your demographic. Got me a little nostalgic going back to the old uh, childhood days in the ice cream man. Love that ice cream truck, man. Probably the screwball was the go-to for the ice cream man. It's kind of that sherbet type of cup of whatever, something unhealthy. And at the very bottom, it had this gumball, and you thought this gumball was always going to be the best piece of gum you ever had. And after about two or three chomps into it, you realized it was essentially about the same as an eraser on one of your number two pencils. <laughs> oh, it was always disappointing, that gumball. At the bottom of that screwball. I don't know. Maybe Charlie Potter is still maybe too young. Maybe Charlie didn't experience the ice cream man growing up there in the B. What about it, Charlie? Any experience with the ice cream man and the ice cream truck growing up? Oh, yeah. Um, it never really came by my house, but it was always uh, in the it? neighborhood my, my grandmother uh, lived in. So um, that and then um, when we would go down to the beach, down to Gulf Shores, it would always go down to the main strip. and. I remember getting them there. So I was more of a, a popsicle guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Push they pop. had uh, no. It was. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the exact name of it. It was. It was. Um, it was a Jolly Rancher like popsicle, and it had all the oh. flavors on it. So you know, especially you know during the summer, you know, in, in Northeast Alabama, down at the beach, uh, a popsicle just felt like the way to go. And uh, I never was one for the the characters that always come out deformed or whatever but popsicle was the way that i went with those yeah we used to get the uh they had the astro pops you could get the red white and blue or you could get like the banana fudge you know we get those strawberry shortcake has gotten some love here on the uh twitter timeline this morning so uh yeah a little nostalgia for the for the ice cream man good to see one rolling around again uh here in the hopefully latter stages of a pandemic that is still ongoing. But, uh, Charlie, let's talk first about your bipolar brace, man. I mean, what is the deal? Uh, get swept, sweep somebody, now come home. We'll see what happens with these next two series, I guess, with the Phillies and the Blue Jays. Uh, any explanation for this Braves club to this point? <laughs> Not really. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if they played the, the Nationals and the Cubs every series because it seems <laughs> like they play really well against them. Bipolar, I, I like that. that. That sounds like a great way to sum them up. But, you know, I mean, you look at it, what, they're only a game and a half back from the Phillies mm-hmm. in the um, NLE standing. So it has been, you know, not the best of starts, but they're not. They're still not in bad shape. It's early on. There's still a lot of baseball to go. So hopefully they can iron things out. Because, yeah, I mean, it is baseball. You're not, you're not going to go undefeated and win every game. But they have been pretty unpredictable of late. We talk about Alabama football, and we hit on this in the opening segment too, but if you had done maybe an overview of this Alabama football team and this roster coming out of spring practice and knowing the numbers and the quality of the numbers at a lot of spots on this team, would cornerback have been one of those places where on April 17th you thought, eh, there could be some movement here because – you do have Josh Job coming back and Jalen Armour Davis. You've got this mix of both youth and experienced talent. And you kind of consider the way in which corners are going to be able to be used, it looks like, in this defense in 2021, maybe even into 2022. Uh, where would cornerback have ranked now that we've seen Ronald Williams and here more recently, Brandon Turnage move on? Yeah, it would be up there uh, for sure. You, know, you, you talked about the the mixture of experience and uh, youth, and I think that was on full display uh, in the A Day game. You, know, you had uh, Josh Job and Jalen Armour Davis, you know, working with the ones. They did that for pretty much the entirety of the spring, and then I know he wasn't able to participate in the game, but Marcus Banks 
was there with the twos along with a newcomer in Jaquincy McKinstry. So just seeing Kool-Aid work with the twos and do that pretty regularly kind of, you know, was the writing on the wall that maybe some of these guys that have been in the program for a couple years or more uh, would, would maybe look elsewhere this off season because it is a deep, um, it's a deep position group. Um, you still have guys like a Jacquez Robinson who we saw, you know, work at star with the twos. Uh, and then he was, you know, working some with the ones because, uh, Malachi Moore and, and uh, Brian Branch didn't play in the A-Day game. You still have um, guys like Kyrie Jackson and uh, Devontae Smith coming in in the summertime. So I, I think that guys that were kind of stuck with the threes, so to speak, um, kind of saw the writing on the wall, and that, that wasn't all that surprising. I had a, a hunch that at least one of them would enter the transfer portal, and a guy like Ronald Williams, you know, being a junior college transfer, his window's not um, – you know, as, as open as everybody else's because he's already, you know, gone through a few years of, of college eligibility. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those. And, and now it would be interesting to see, you know, what happens at wide receiver because Alabama mm-hmm. goes out and adds um, a transfer. And, and Jamison Williams, you have a guy in JoJo Earl that's coming in in the summertime, and a lot of people are high on him and his ability. Um, that's a position group that isn't as defined as the cornerback spot in terms of experience. And maybe what it'll look like in in 2021, but that could be another one because Alabama still has to you know, get down to that 85 player limit to be one to watch moving forward. Now there are exceptions for super seniors, correct? Um, I, I guess uh, six year guys, and I'm thinking Alabama has just a couple of those. Yeah, my understanding would be that the only two are, are Chris Owens and Brian Robinson because last year Robinson was a true senior and uh, Chris Owens was a fifth-year senior. So I, I get a lot of questions about guys like uh, Christopher Allen, who was in his fourth year last year uh, and is, will be a, a fifth-year player this year, but he redshirted in 2018. That was the medical redshirt year. So he's listed as a redshirt junior. Alabama listed him as a true junior uh, on their, their roster when you look at the, his individual uh page on their roster and everything like that. So I think it would be two. So if you take that into consideration, you know, Alabama has 90 scholarship players on the roster. And you take those two away, they're 88. So that's three more that have to go. And, um, you know, we've talked about it. I'm sure you've talked about it with Hank South here. Um, you know, there's, there's still out, out there in the market for guys like a Henry Toa Toa um, and, you know, others, JTT, the five-star defensive lineman from the 2021 class. So it'll be interesting to see how this roster shakes out. But they're, you know, you, you, I would expect to see you know, at least a, a couple more guys to, to enter the portal just to get under that 85-player limit. Talking with Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at Bama Online. Dot com. Interesting with a lot of these guys, really all these guys, I guess, Charlie, that have hit the portal for Alabama, leaving Alabama, is that what we know to this point, I guess, is that they've all landed at Power 5 programs elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at some of these guys. I mean, uh, I know he transferred during the season, but Ishmael Sopcher landed at USC. We know that Ben Davis ended up at Texas. Ali Caho went to UCLA. Um, even a guy like Kevin Harris, he's another one that transferred during the season, went to Georgia Tech. Eddie Smith uh, is at Illinois. Um, Joseph Boulevard at Vanderbilt. So, yeah, every one of them. I haven't even thought about that, that they have landed at Power 5 schools. And you look at guys like Ronald Williams and uh, Brandon Turnage, I mean, they could very well do the same. Um, you know, I, I think that early on, I haven't really heard much else about it, uh, but uh, a guy like Ronald Williams was maybe tied to a place like Mississippi State. Uh, that would also make sense for a guy like Brandon Turnage, who's from Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I'm sure there are other SEC programs that would like to have uh, you know, DBs that have worked under Nick Saban for a couple of years and are you know itching to, to get some prominent playing time. So, yeah, I, I think that train will continue. Um, you know, Alabama transfers are kind of at the top of the market when it comes to teams reaching out and, and looking for their services. So you've had eight players transfer either during the 2020 season or after it. And, um, you know, all of them have landed on power five teams. So I think that says a lot about what Alabama is able to do from a development standpoint. And also says a lot about the depth that they have 
uh, guys that are capable of, of landing at power five schools and maybe being contributors somewhere else that aren't able to make the cut on their roster as it is. So Charlie, what was it like to have actual in-person interaction with Nick Saban and others here in the last few days? Because, uh, it had been a while for that, hadn't it? Yeah, it, it was strange because I was I was up at Greystone on Wednesday for the uh, Regents Tradition Pro Am, and um, after everything was was finished, I was sitting in the clubhouse and just you know getting a quick story up and, and uploading some video. And I was sitting there thinking, and I, I talked with I think it was Michael Casagrande at AL.com. dot com. I was like, that was the first time we've seen Nick Saban in person and talked to him since signing day of of twenty twenty. And yeah. I, I remember that vividly because he told me I didn't know how to do math. Um, <laughs> so it, it had been a it had been a while. And of course, you know the the day that you know Nate Oates and, and Nick Staben were were there and just a few feet away from them, uh, albeit outside and everything, it, it was raining. So uh, maybe a little poetic justice there for them to rain on their parade that they had to do that with us in person again. But um, no, it was. Uh, it was interesting. Of course, you know, it, things like that, those are brief. Um, you know, I don't even know if Nick Saban spoke for, for five minutes, but, you know, Nate said a lot of good things to say. And, and even Saban in the, the brief time, even talking about mostly his golf game, I talked about retiring from his noon, noontime basketball league. So it was good to, to do that in person. It was different. It felt kind of strange having done so many interviews over the past year, you know, in my office at home in front of my computer via Zoom. But uh, hopefully that'll be more than normal moving forward. We'll be able to get back into the, the Mount Moore facility and do some some player interviews and press conferences in person this fall. You know, when we do hear from Nick Saban and he's asked about this quarterback situation that he has, uh, he, he still hasn't gone as far as to just outright say uh, in plain terms that Bryce Young is our starter. But you talk about a formality at at this point, just in the way he talks about the situation, uh, seems like that's pretty much a done deal. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if you're Paul Tyson or, or Jalen Milrow, um, it, it sounds like you're battling for the backup spot because he did do uh, a special edition of, of Hey Coach, him and um, Nate Oates, Christy Curry, even Joe Namath was on it. It was about an hour and a half long event that, they did for you know ticket holders and things like that, and uh, I was on there, and um, he was just talking really about the the team um, after spring practice, and I'll, I'll just read you the quote. He said, "We've got a new quarterback who made a lot of progress. I think Bryce had a really good spring. We've still got to develop backups and competition at that position, which is very important in football to be successful." So yeah, I mean, what what you said, I mean, it, it's all but a formality that the Bryce Young. You know, barring an injury or, or just a setback, be the starter. I've said it before. You know, he's going to have to take a step back, and then the other two are going to have to take two steps forward for something to change. Um, but I mean, it is it, not to discredit the other two, but it is important for you to have a backup. We've seen sure. uh, in the past. We've seen it at, at all levels of competition. You know, something happens to the starter, the quarterback position is the most important position on the field. And you're going to have to have a guy that's ready to go. And so, I mean, just look at the 2019 season with Mac Jones. I mean, Alabama uh, was eliminated from the playoff picture, but Mac Jones went in and and won some football games as the number two quarterback. So um, yeah, I think it's important for those guys to develop, but um, he hasn't said Bryce Young is the starter, but the way that he said it pretty much indicates that he is. So as we let you go, Charlie, you mentioned Nate Oates. I guess if you're an Alabama fan, you could take a little bit of comfort in his comments that it looks like Jaden Shackelford and uh, Josh Primo are the only two players on this roster uh, from returning roster, potentially, that are testing the NBA draft waters. That's two pretty big guys, but uh, is is that what we're looking at here as we move through that process? Yeah, um, he says that he thinks those would be the only two underclassmen that'll test the draft waters. Um, y- you can always get surprised; things happen. I think players have until the end of the month to declare for the draft. But you know, the way that he talked um, in the question before I asked him about the if if anybody else would uh, be entering the draft, he talked about 
the guy's coming back. You know, he said they've got their leading returning scorer back in Jaden Shackelford, and then he, you know, paused and said, provided he doesn't stay in the draft. Um, and I think he expects at least one of them to come back. I think both probably uh, could. But you look at a guy like Primo, um, he's someone, the NBA draft is a little different than the NFL draft in that. You know, some teams will, will take a guy on, on upside, what they think that he can do. And I know Primo you know, wasn't Alabama's leading scorer or anything like that, but he's a big combo guard that can play well on both ends of the floor. And, and maybe that's something that um, you know, gets him some, some first-round money. And if it is, then, then he's advised to, to stay in the draft. But I think what's big is it sounds like in all um, – intents and purposes that NATO's expects Javon Quinterly to be back and you know someone that really played well down the stretch I think that's that's huge you, know, you pair him with a guy like J.D. Davison you know, if you get Shackelford to come back you have Keon Ellis you're going to have a Namari Burnett um, you're going to have some really talented guard play even if a guy like Primo decides to stay in the draft so uh, yeah I think this team is I think he's looking forward to what it can be but right now, you know, you're just waiting to see what those two guys will do and I guess kind of holding your breath that another one won't enter the draft before the end of the month. But, yeah, I mean, just from uh, where they stand right now, you have those two guys in the draft. Um, you'll see what happens there. And then, you know, hopefully you get them both out. They have until, I believe, the first or second week of July to to then remove their name from the draft. So it'll it'll be a while. It'll be a waiting game for, for Alabama's basketball to see how this roster will look. But, um, you know, Nate Oates is, is a big component of, of them trying to get feedback. It's good for the program. It can only benefit them, and you know, we'll see what they decide to do. Well, Charlie, as always, we appreciate the time. Always appreciate your great work with us there at BamaOnline.com as well. Have a great weekend, Charlie. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter, longtime veteran of the Alabama Crimson Tide beat, joining us on a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports. Going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, more of the show on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Me and my uncle went riding down South Colorado, West Texas bound. We stopped over in Santa Fe. That damn point, just about halfway. Hey, and you know it was the hottest part of the day. Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. We got some important updates for you. That's right. The ice cream man thread on the Twitter that I started this morning asking the question, what was slash is your ice cream man go-to treat? Jacob Harrison, I see here, has chimed in with a Spidey Spider-Man treat. It looks like the same type of stuff. I call it stuff because I really don't know what's in that screwball, but... It looks like the same type of stuff, except the Spider-Man version has two gumballs, Jacob Harrison. Two gumballs. There you go. Bryant Horn taking exception with you, though, here, Jacob, and says you got to go with the Choco Taco when the, uh, when the ice cream man rolls around. So uh, some important input that we're getting here. On the Ice Cream Man thread, uh, Gary on the Twitter, at GaryRTR, he says uh, he likes the screwball and he likes bomb pops. And Joe Toomey, pal of the show, Flintstone push-up or the Mickey Mouse ears. Chef Shannon Gober on the Twitter. I mean, we got to take we got to take Shannon with an exceptional uh, – level of expertise here he is after all a a chef for crying out loud john's city diner over there in the birmingham area he says the original drumstick has to be on there somewhere yeah i can go drumstick 
Go drumstick uh, any day of the week, chef. That coupon no picture that has coupons saving five cents. Yeah, you can save five cents <laughs> on the uh, on the drumstick. We also called those nutty buddies. We called those, you know. And then they really took on an extra level of deliciousness when they started to put the the little bit of chocolate at the bottom of the cone there as your capper on those drumsticks. They evolved. The drumstick did. We're going to head to our final break. Maybe we'll ask Pops for his ice cream man treat selection when we come back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful day, a sunny afternoon, the high 71. Clear and cool tonight, the low 49. Tomorrow, sunny with a high at 77. Sunday, partly sunny during the day. Then showers and thunderstorms arrive Sunday night. Sunday's high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Today in 1946, one of the two drummers for the Grateful Dead, Bill Kritzman, 75 years old today, Billy. And of course, we're going to give you some Grateful Dead and a little Alabama getaway as we get out of here on a Friday, but not before we check in uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, Pops. Pops, how you doing? All right. How y'all doing? We're good, man. You know, they've got this uh, Regents Tradition PGA Tours champion event in the Birmingham area yeah. every year, and it's taking place this week. And they have the Celebrity Pro-Am on Wednesdays. I'm surprised at this point, Pops, that you haven't gotten an invite as a celebrity <laughs> to play. I would I'm think all... people would, would love to play oh, in your yeah. group. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, celebrity wow. of your status. I'd like to get you. I'd like to get you and Charles Barkley together. Is what I'd like to do. Boy, now that'd be a team right there. That is the pairing <laughs> we all deserve. Pops and Charles Barkley that for would, eighteen holes work. of golf. Oh, Darren Clark had the first round lead, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's real good. Darren Darren Clark looks like he could put away a few beers. Pops, well, just know, looking at you him. Know, Back when he won, he won the uh, British Open a few years ago, and uh-huh. yet, you don't hear from him since. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he's just living life, enjoying life. You know, he, he, exactly. <laughs> he figured he didn't have to do anything else. Speaking of uh, downing beers, uh, I understand it was the first thirsty Thursday for your Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Last night, and you were absent. You, you, yes, you didn't I make was it. Tardy. Uh, it's a, I, 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 believe it or not, I wasn't aware of it until you, you brought it to my uh, attention. You mean so, your white nationalist friends didn't alert you, pops? I know, I know. They're, they're, they they're, usually let you drive drive them down there, don't they? Uh, don't you usually? You're the wheel tickets. man usually for that. Well, you know they got that limited ticket right now, so I don't know. Ah, uh, maybe you got squeezed out or what. Yeah, those guys, may, those guys may be ditching you, Pops. They may be ditching that'd be, you. That'd be okay, too. That would be okay. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> oh, Pops. Yeah. Hey, Pops. Uh, Pops, uh, we're talking about uh, favorite ice cream man truck treats. I'm sure you had yours growing up. What... Uh, did you have a go-to when the ice cream truck would come around? A favorite well, treat? I always liked that orange, orange. Uh, what was like sherbet? It's like a screwball. Like, yeah, yeah, something like I, it, that. Was what I looked forward to. It had a gumball at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. That, that was a screwball. So I guess I came about that honestly because that's my favorite. <laughs> that, I can't believe it was yours too. I like those Astro Pops, though, but I like the banana fudge. I didn't like yeah, the red, white, and blue. Yeah. You know, a lot of the kids like that red, white, and blue Astro Pop. We'd, we'd 
we'd hear the we'd hear the truck coming and, and the music and we'd run get mama to get get us a quarter out of the piggy bank or, or mm-hmm. which, which took a a crowbar to do you know <laughs> and uh but we'd find, we we heard that that music on that truck and we knew to to run in and get some money mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean we would we would kill each other trying to get out there. You know, Eddie Murphy, the comedian years ago, one of his earliest stand-up acts that really propelled him to stardom. If you haven't seen it, I think most people have of 38, 30 years or plus, uh, age 30 and up, uh, the ice cream man bit that he does as a part of his stand-up routine from the eighties is iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of comedians, who's your favorite comedian of all time, Pops? Oh my! You know, you know, I like Don Rickles, but not not but a few minutes of him. You know, uh, he'll wear you out. Him. I can't take him for thirty minutes. It, you know, but he, mm. he's crazy. And also, like the 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 guy that showed me no respect. What was his name? Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Pops. Dangerfield. I mean that guy in that movie he he made at school. He was, you know, went back to college or whatever. Back to school, yeah. Back oh, to school. God. He, was a, he was a diver. Yeah. And also, like um, the triple Lindy uh, that he hit at the end. Yeah. Yeah, but also like the what's his name that would always get in a fight with his with his uh, his, his guy that took care of his house. I can't even think of his name. Huh. You know who I'm talking about. I'm trying to. I'm trying he, to think. The I mean, guy who always got the fight. fight. He'd walk through the door and he'd get attacked by him. Oh man, I, I'm drawing a blank, pops. A I, I, uh, I, I, you know, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, well, this and was, probably this, Eddie Murphy would be my this top wasn't three of really all time. A, a comedian. He was an actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was funny. And, yeah, old age. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I think I speaking, I speaking of Father Time, what about Albert Pujols getting reassigned well, well, by the Angels? Did you see that? I mean, what, what is going on? I had, Well, I, you know. I can't read the box scores in the paper. There's, the print is so small. You mm-hmm. know, I love to read mm-hmm. the box scores in the paper, and I can't even read them because it's so small. I, even with my, now I've got a magnifying glass. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's too much work to try to I'd keep up with all these guys. Apparently, he's not doing well. Yeah, he'd had five home runs, but he was hitting under 200. And, uh, you know, Father Time pops. Yeah. Well, comes it, for everybody, pops. Yeah, it's hard to know? believe he's in his 10th year uh, with the Angels. You know? Yeah, I mean, that deal, he got $240 million for that, yeah. which that was a lot of money That's at nice, the time. Yeah. Now you got Trout and Tatis and some of these other guys. And that's why, again... Ronald Acuna Jr.'s deal with the Braves is the most club-friendly contract yeah. in yeah. probably all of professional sports because he's probably a top-five player in his sport right now, Pops. Yeah. And they locked him up for 10 years, $100 million, $125 million. Right. So yeah, he's, right. making like, he's making like $12.5 million. He's yeah. making half of what Albert Pujols is making One this year. Half, half price, yeah. Yeah, and he still got seven or eight years to go in that deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know Atlanta got away with it there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, the boy can play, I'm telling you. Pops, your coach, Urban Meyer of your Jacksonville Jaguars, said this uh, week, said earlier this week, that Trevor Lawrence would have to earn the starting job, Pops. Not just going <laughs> to give it to Trevor, Pops. He's got to earn like it, to Pops. I'd like to know who he's going to compete with. <laughs> Jackson DeVille, the mascot. Hey, That's who he's competing it, 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 with. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and he lives right down the street from Tebow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Said Trev's got to earn that job, Pops. Yeah, Trev's got to earn it. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder hey. what Shad Khan, the owner, thought of that statement. He probably laughed, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, I, I wonder why they got rid of all the, the scouts. That bulky. He, he fired all four of them. Yeah. Well, you know what? I read that you had some Jacksonville Jaguar scouts that were released of their duties. But I got to say, 
some of those guys had been with the Jags since their inception. Yeah. And if you're in scouting and you go 25 years, years with the same team, yeah. you just got to look at that as you won. Yeah. And you just oh, move yeah. on. I mean, uh, scouts oh, yeah. come and go every year, Pops. Oh, I know. I know. One of them had 24 years service. That's what I'm saying. If you had 24 yeah. years with the same club – and it's not like the Cowboys or somebody. No, no. You you did you you you, you, you did pretty good. You wonder you know? how, I mean, I don't like to see anybody lose their job. Were able to but twenty four with the same team, that's crazy. And look at all the coaches they've had, you know. Yeah. And they, and they that's what I mean. General managers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pops, you ready for Mother's Day? You, you set up, you, well, you got to take care of for I Nana. Run after I talk with y'all and uh you going up to the Winn-Dixie? Uh, yeah. You know. Grocery store flowers and uh, some Skittles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for some Skittles, a bag of Skittles. I'm kind of the Urban Meyer of this year's Mother's Day activities. You know, I've been I've been named head coach of that. Well, and uh, you're, you're the coordinator for cleanup. You're the coordinator for cleanup. An interesting Mother's Day this year, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right pops well have all a good right, weekend we'll all right, y'all later. pops that's gonna do it for a friday edition of southern fried sports thanks to pops thanks to charlie potter thanks to jacob harrison thanks to you for listening the lunch whistle on this friday southern ale house 1530 mcfarland boulevard north in the indian hill section up tuscaloosa they're great every day of the week. Mother's Day, uh, Saturday, today for lunch. If you're jumping in the rig trying to figure out what you're going to have for lunch, well, Southern Ale House, centrally located right there in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. So many great options from which to choose, and they're going to take great care of you. Great customer service there at Southern Ale House as well. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Alabama, get away, get away.